for all. Since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the spouse whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, it's true. You turn graves into gardens. And sometimes those graves are our very own hearts. And so we ask now that as we look at this message, this piece of wisdom from King Solomon, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would teach us Show us what you have for us this morning. We pray a blessing on what we hear in Jesus' name. Amen. It was June 25th, 2009. I was canvassing, and canvassing is I was selling Christian books door to door. I was a saleswoman for the summer. Quite an event. (laughs) Somewhere in Michigan knocking on doors. And I came to a house, and I knocked on the door, and a gentleman comes, he opens up the door, and the first thing the man says is, Michael Jackson is dead. I froze. Obviously, I couldn't pull out a book just then. But I froze, and so the man stepped to the side so I could see the television in the living room And plastered there on the news was Michael's picture. Michael Jackson, dead. Couldn't be, I thought. But it could be. And for the next several weeks, months maybe, year even, Michael was everywhere. And since then, the late Michael Jackson has sold 16.1 million music records. Michael Jackson, even though there's much baggage attached to his name, he was a great artist during his life. And according to sales, 
He is still great, even in his death. Yet, I'm sure that those who adored the music genius of Michael Jackson very much preferred him alive. King Solomon, in the book of Ecclesiastes, talks about the concept of death and life. And as he's there dwelling upon these themes, he begins to distill down into a few words the sum of the human experience. And so, this is what he says. We just read in our text of emphasis, verse 2. He says, of chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes, It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of men are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. He says, all human beings share one thing in common, death, mortality. Whether you're rich or poor, mean or kind, righteous or unrighteous, good or evil, every human being will face death at some point in their life. Death is a type of equalizer. Death is the universal unifier of the human experience. There is no nation of people on this earth that doesn't understand the reality of death. And there's no stopping it. You can try to postpone it, but it will eventually come. And so Solomon begins to think. He begins to compare death and life. Verse 4, but he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. No matter how great an individual, no matter how great they are, if you put the qualifier dead in front of their title, anyone with life in front of their title will always be better. Solomon uses a dead lion and a living dog. Well, what about a dead rich person and a living poor person? Or what about dead Michael Jackson or Michael Jackson alive? Solomon would say, the living poor person is better. Michael Jackson alive is better, he would say. Life is better. Why is being alive better? Life is better because if you have life, 
you have hope. In fact, the very fact that you're alive is the hope in itself. Life is hope. For example, if someone were to get into a, a, a tragic accident, God forbid, but one of the first things the paramedic would do is look to see if the person is breathing, is there a pulse? Because where there is life, there is hope. If you're alive, things can change. But if you're dead, things freeze as they are, your love, your hate, and then they disappear along with you. And so in, in an effort to, to hold on to something, we buy 16.1 million Michael Jackson records so you're not forgotten. And speaking of being alive, have you ever seen an individual with no hope? Someone who's hopeless. They're, they're basically kind of like a, like a walking corpse. Now, this is not a jab at anyone who struggles at mental health. We understand that. But take a closer look around you. People who live life with no hope operate as if they're already dead. Why? There, is, there, there, there often is no progress or no forward movement or drive in their experience. They are frozen in time. This is another reality of the human experience. If you take away hope, you take away life. And so Solomon says, life, living, is better. Emily Dickinson, famous writer, she writes a poem trying to illustrate exactly what hope is. She says, hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard, and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. She likens hope to a bird, a type of flutter in the soul. It gives cheer by singing, warmth by its comfort, and takes nothing from you but only gives. Being alive, breathing, is a form of hope in itself. So question, if everyone then will eventually die, if everyone has the same fate, in the time between your birth and your death, what exactly is meant for this life? Verse 7. I'm actually going to read it in the contemporary English version because I like the way it sounds. Verse 7 says, So be happy and enjoy eating and drinking. God decided long ago that this is what you should do. Dress up 
comb your hair and look your best. Life is short and you love your spouse, so enjoy being with them. This is what you are supposed to do as you struggle through life on this earth. So what is meant for this life? What do I do with the life that I have? Solomon answers this question by sharing something so simple, yet something so deep, profound, something that we have heard, excuse me, something that we have a hard time doing in this society and in this political climate. The wisest man that ever lived, he says, what do I do with life? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Cherish every moment. Enjoy it. Be happy. Dress up. Comb your hair. Look your best. Love your family. Love your people. Love your tribe. Love your friends. Laugh. Live. And I have a bone to pick. I have a bone to pick with religious persons. We have for too long believed the lie that a life of following Jesus is miserable. It's a lie. We have believed that following God is a life of misery. In fact, tidbit here, that's exactly the reason why before I had my reconversion experience, that's why I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want anything to do with church because everybody looked miserable. Why would I go there? <laughs> so today, right now, I want you to take that thought Cast it out. Cast it out. Stop it. Don't think like that anymore. If you're miserable following God, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. God did not create humanity for us to be miserable. He created us to be holy and happy. Your ability to laugh, when I think of laughter and how much I love doing it, for me, that is proof that God created us for happiness and not misery. The scripture says, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones it sucks the life right out of you. Hopeless. You know, human beings, we live, we live an average of 70 to 80 years. Women live about 79 years, give or take. Men live about 74, give or take. And how much of that 70-some years are you actually enjoying?
how much? Another little vulnerable tidbit here. I remember going through a time in my young life <laughs> where I had some toxic individuals around me. And so for a total of about five years, I was depressed and insecure. And you know, up until that point or that time, those were emotional states that I had never really experienced before. And I remember late at night, lying in my bed, crying and praying. And I told God, I need help. I need help. And the thought came to my mind, into my head, how long are you going to stay here, Michelle? How long are you going to stay in this space? In your short 70 years of life, how long are you going to be dealing with this? How much time, how much life will you allow yourself to be robbed of before you reach the grave? I have 70 years to live. I will not spend the rest of my 70 years on this earth struggling with this same problem. I refuse. I refuse. And it was that day that the next chapter of my life started. No, it wasn't easy, but I focused my eyes on God. I focused my eyes on a life that I wanted to enjoy, and then hope sprang up. A new leaf began to turn. Some people will spend their whole lives, their very short 70 years, robbing themselves of a life that they could be enjoying because they use that lifeline to continue dealing with things that suck away their hope. Could be people, could be this, could be, it could be anything. God has already promised power. He's already promised victory. Claim it and move forward. Tell yourself, no more. No more. God said, I have permission from God. God said, I should enjoy my life. I should cherish every moment that I have. So what do I do with the life that I now live, that I currently have. Solomon says, one, enjoy it. But then he says this, watch this, verse 10. You know this verse. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. In fact, I like how the King James puts it, very poetic. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Do everything that is placed in front of you to the best of your ability. When I read that, you know what's communicated to me? 
You know what that looks like? Michelle, stop being mediocre. Stop it. Be great. Be great. You have a few years on this earth. Don't blow it. Don't taint it with mediocrity. I've seen too many, myself included, mediocre believers. How is it that we can serve an excellent God, but our lives are mediocre? In New York, New York City, it's a city of so much greatness, but it is also still filled with mediocrity. You're just just so-so. So-so at everything. So-so at your job. So-so with your family. So-so with your health. So-so at school. So-so with faith. So-so with your talents. So-so this. So-so. God is excellent. And he has given his people access to the storehouse of his power. Ask him. Ask him. So Solomon, Solomon said, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Why, Solomon? Why? Do I have to be great? Why? Second part of this verse that many people don't actually know. It says this, because there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. You only get one shot at this life as we know it. This is the life that we get. There will be no do-over of this life on this earth as we know it currently. So give it all you got. Give it all you got. Do it well and enjoy it. Now, some might say, you don't need to be a believer to do this, to enjoy life and to, to give life the best shot. You don't need to be a believer. If we all suffer the same fate, what's the difference? It's a good question. And to this I say, the believer gets to live this mortal temporal life on this earth. And while living it, gets to simultaneously experience through a glimpse, through a divine perspective, through a divine transformation, another life. A different world. You see, because the kingdom of heaven is a different world. What do I mean? The kingdom of heaven, it can be experienced in the here and now. So before we actually get to the physical renewed earth that God has for us, that he's going to create, I get to experience what eternity will be like while living here now. What's the difference? The believer has two worlds in their view. 
not just this one. They have dual citizenship. Citizenship, citizenship here on this present earth and an experiential citizenship in the kingdom of God. Life here may end, but the renewed life that I began here, the transformed life that I began here, will pick up and continue again when Jesus comes and calls me from the grave. The Bible says, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Eternity starts here, with God, now, now. And God thought of all this, he thought it all through when he made a plan to save humanity from sin. He said, oh, dual citizenship. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, have eternal life. Jesus already paid for your dual citizenship with his life. So, when it comes to death and life here, <laughs> replaying Michael Jackson's hit on your vinyl record, vinyl record player will work for now. But the end goal is knowing Jesus for an eternity. Not just the 70 years, but a timeline that never ends. Do you believe that? I believe that. The gospel is hope. And if there is hope, then that means there is life. So although death is inevitable, although death touches all people, don't let its doom rob you of your joy and your productivity here. Instead, Remember to make the most of life and enjoy it. It is this reality that we will continue in eternity. Is that your desire? Is that your prayer? Then may God make it your experience. Amen.